0: Sasha. And I hope that you all are doing absolutely splendid, spectacular, wonderful, delightful, and all of that great stuff. And and I hope that you all have read or you're planning to read for at least, for at least 30 minutes. I hope everybody is doing great wherever you are around the globe, whatever time of day it is. All right. And I have an exciting, exciting show. I have a wonderful, absolutely wonderful guest. But before I give her grand introduction, yes, I'm calling it grand because she is grand, y'all. All All right? I wanted to uh, tell you guys, for those of you, this is your first time uh, tuning in to Real Reading Talk. And I have three uh, reasons as to why Real reading talk was started, and the first reason that I wanted to start this podcast called Real Reading Talk is because I wanted to uh, deal with the lack of zeal and desire in the African American community of our youth as well as adults wanting to read. All right, and which in large that a big part of that is related to. Uh, the reading scores across the country being extremely low in the African-American community. That's the first reason. The second one is that the reason why I called it Real Reading Talk is because in in the Black community, uh, a lot of times when we say we want to have real talk, that means that we don't want no sugarcoating. We want to talk about the elephant in the room. All right, we wanna get down to the nitty gritty, all right? So we don't want no filters, we want everybody to just be real uncut raw about what it is, what the issues are surrounding literacy or the lack thereof in the African American community. So that's reason number two. And number three is that Real Reading Talk offers real reading solutions. Because a lot of times we can talk, have meetings, pontificate, you know, all of these different things that we can do and have conversations about why black children as well as adults are not reading and why a lot of our uh, people in the black community are not doing so well when it comes to reading. But we must offer real solutions and we must apply those solutions, all right? Just like we hear the saying, knowledge is power, but actually, I heard this from someone else who said, "No, applied knowledge is power because we can have all the knowledge in the world. We can, you know, we can read all the books, you know we can get all the information, we can listen to, uh, go to different classes, webinars, all of that stuff. But if we're not applying it, then guess what? It means nothing. So, with that being said, now I am ready to give that grand introduction. To my lovely, lovely, awesome guest. Her name, y'all, is Dr. Linda Mubarak. And Dr. Linda Mubarak is a retired special education teacher, facilitator, and adult ESL adjunct who read constantly as a child. All right, y'all heard that. Dr. Linda is an advocate for early literacy. She loves to create stories for young children with an emphasis on community service, global empathy, and human compassion. She is a graduate of PL Dunbar High School, Fort Worth, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, Christian University, Texas Wesleyan University, Nova Southeast University, and she is an Army veteran, y'all, all right? Dr. Linda is also a co-host of the Author's Lounge radio show. She enjoys crossword puzzles, live theater, and traveling with her husband, Kyrie, and their rescue dogs, Ebony Joyce and Shorty Jr., y'all. I just love, I love those names. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Dr. Linda's favorite, is the Community Food Bank of Fort Worth, Texas. Stations for Kids is a series of books for children which emphasize community service, civic responsibility, and are applicable for children in grades one through five. She has published four books as of July 18, 2018. The names of those books are, and I'm making sure I say them clearly because I would love for you all to please purchase these books. Number one, Stations. Number two, Carver Park. Number three, Shorty and the Sullivan's. And last and certainly not least, Maxine's New Job. And she is working on her fifth book. Oh my goodness, I I told y'all hear this, awesomeness all day long and she loved reading because she was an avid reader as a child. So I want you all to give it up, show some love, for
1: Dr. Linda Mubarak. Woo! Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I've never had an introduction like that, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, I'm huh? so happy. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. And I'm so glad I ran into you through my other friend, Dr. Mary Payton. She said, Linda, you should meet this lady. I said, okay. She said, she's on to literacy just like you. I said, okay. And so I started clicking and looking and clicking. I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have kindred minds here. We really do. We really do. There's a need for literacy, especially in our community. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's just the truth. It's the truth. We need it. We need it. So I'm happy to be here and whatever you think we can discuss or you'd like to ask, uh, we can can talk it over. We can talk it over. Yes, we can.
0: Well, I love it. And that is one of the main reasons why that I asked you to be a guest on my show, Real Reading Talk, y'all, because, you know, when I looked, at your page, and I saw the different things that you were involved in when it comes to literacy, I I said the same thing. I said, wow. I said, like minds. I said, I love it. Mm -hmm. It it was Mm -hmm. just warming my heart. And then by you being an author, I said, you know, once again, I said, okay, here it is. Not only is she advocating literacy, she said, okay, I'm really going to take it a step further. And I'm going to write the books, just like how Toni Morrison said, if there's a book you know, that you want to read and the, and the book is not out there. Then That's you
1: right. You got to write it. You got to write it. She's right.
0: Yes. Yes. She's right. Yes. So I just love the fact I, I see. And then also, too, you know, you're definitely focusing on children's books because um, we definitely have seen where a lot there's like, I think I want to say Walter Dean Myers talked about this. Um, I think it's like less than three percent. It's probably a little bit more now. Maybe four mm-hmm. mm-hmm. percent. Of the children's I books. I saw that article. You saw that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Represent, you know, uh-huh. children of color. And again, you know, and we're going to talk about this more during our conversation um, in terms of this being one of the reasons as to why a lot of black children are not reading books, you know, because That's they don't right. themselves in these books. So they're like, wait a minute, you know mm-hmm. where am I you know what I mean? Like, you know, mm-hmm, I see a mm-hmm. white boy on the skateboard, I see the little white girl, you know, she's, you know, having fun mm-hmm. with her family, baking cookies or whatever, or, you know, they could just be going on a wild adventure, whatever the case. That's right. But again mm-hmm. That's you, true. You know, it's like you see the black kids, it's like, okay, they if, they, if they're in there, they're like a the little sidekick, you know, they you know, they're not really developed characters a lot of times, you know, and you mm-hmm, know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, come on now. So once again, you know, out of sight, out of mind, you know what I'm saying? So true. That's true. Yeah. So I definitely, I was like, so pumped. I said, I have to have her on the show, you know, because and when I was reading your bio, I said, wow, man. And then one of the things that definitely stood out for me, Mm -hmm. the fact that you said you were an avid reader as a child. So that right there. Yes, I was.
1: Yes, I, I that, that's my mm-hmm.
0: first question. I would like to know, Doctor Linda, how did you become an avid reader as a child?
1: Okay. um First of all, you need to know that I am a product of the segregated South. Okay. 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 Which means, which means, I did not, I did not mix with anybody white until I was 17, 18, and I went into the military. Whoa. My grandmother was a maid. My grandmother was a maid in a little town called Mark, Texas. The Caucasians there knew that she had a granddaughter. I would go visit her during the summer and on the weekends. My parents would leave me there. They would save magazines and give them to Ruth. That was my grandmother's name. Ruth would, I would sit in the house and wait on her all day. And I would, and she would bring me these magazines in from the white, the white homes that she cleaned. Okay. I was looking at, uh, uh, there was a magazine called McCall. There was one called Look. My father worked at the post office in Waco. He was a custodian. He was a groundskeeper. Okay. He loved reading and he wanted me to know how to read. So he would bring home Jet magazine, Ebony Okay, Ebony Magazine. Yes. He had an old dictionary at home. And I would sit and read those pages out of the dictionary day and learn words. He told me about all of his travels overseas, and we had a radio. Sasha, we didn't get a, a. I didn't have a. I didn't have a television in my home until I was nine years old. That was the way it was in the segregated South. I grew up in segregated Waco, Texas. So all you had, you had books. You, I had nothing else. By the time I was nine years old, I probably had around two or three hundred books in my room. Let me tell you how that happened. My mother was a nurse aide at a hospital in Waco, Texas. It was a Catholic hospital. The nun said, Ruby, what does Linda Fay like to do? And she said, she likes to read. They said, as long as you work for us, you can go through the children's section of the library and pick out a book or two for Linda Fay every day to take home. Every day on my, on my steps of our house, I waited for my mother to come in from the hospital with a book. So every day I had two or three books coming into my house. So that's why I got up to two or 300 books by the time I, time I was nine years old. I didn't even tell anybody about this until about six six weeks ago. My cousin said, Linda, you have that many books in your bedroom? I said, yep, they were on the bed. So actually they were on the shelf in the cabinet. They were under the bed. They were everywhere. That was all I had. So I read, I read, I read. Mm. And so I attended segregated schools. So, my teachers at our school during that time, if you were a, a, a black kid in a segregated school, they shoved it down your throat. You had to read. Mm. Paul Lawrence Dunbar, everybody that you can think of, I had, I had to read. They read to us in what's called Negro dialect, James Weldon Johnson. All of the greats we had to know about because that was all we had. And that's how I became a reader as a kid. It was one of those situations. There was no TV. There was no social media. I had a parent. My father was drafted out of high school in 11th grade, World War II. They could draft you out of high school then.
0: Mm. So he
1: went all over Europe. And when he came home, he told me all about all of the things that you see. And that's in my book called Carver Park. I talk about the segregated South and growing up in a segregated, but I did not. Put the fire hoses, the dogs, the lynchings in the book for a young kid. They can't handle that. They're going to get that anyway in middle school and high school. So I took the higher ground, and that's a, I'm going to be sending you my books, too. I'm going to send you a copy of Carver Park and Maxine and Shorty, and, they should, you, and you'll get it all. But uh-huh. that's how I became an avid reader as a kid. And we had a radio. Hey. So my mind would sit, and I, I would have to sit on the floor and listen to the radio, And your brain would start imagining things. You didn't always have an illustration in a book. When you have a radio, that's all you have. Your brain kicks in. Yes. The graphics are in your brain. There is no picture. There's no illustration. And so that's how I became an avid reader. And I just, uh, I never shared that with anybody. I never told anybody about it until I retired from teaching school. And I started writing the books. They said, you had all that going on when you were in a segregated town. And I said, yeah. They said, "Why you never talked about it? I said, "I don't know. I didn't think anybody was interested, and I didn't sometimes you do things, you don't even know why you're doing doing them, mm-hmm. and later on they make sense, like, "Oh, okay, now I got it. Now I got it. I had no idea that reading all those books by the time I was nine years old would prepare me to write a book later on in life. Mm-hmm. it was prep, I didn't know I didn't know it. I didn't know it. Wow! I had a fab- fabulous teacher from Ohio. Okay. He was a music teacher. He told us about a famous choir called Wings Over Jordan.
0: Okay. He talked
1: about all of the spirituals. We talked about how the spirituals were a uh, story. They were stories of escape, how do we escape that night, where we're going to meet. All of that was put in me as a kid. But like I said, I'm a product of the segregated South. I have young people, even my granddaughters they don't know our history like I know it because mm-hmm. they are, they went, they attended, they, they attended integrated schools, And it does, it takes away a piece of you. It takes away a piece of you because the system that you're in, and let me say this. Yes. And I'm being truthful. The educational system that we ha- have was not created for us. It was created for another group of people. You were not in mind. You and I were not in mind when they created the public school systems in this country. So I've had people who want to go toe to toe with a system. And I tell them, I said, look, what you're doing is fine. But let me tell you what I would suggest. I would like you to do. You get your own thing going with your own group of kids. It could be um, family. It could be friends. You start your own study groups because in the end, your history, your practices, the things that your kids need to know, it's on you. It's not on the system. It's your responsibility. Mm. You can't send a kid to school and expect them to know everything about reading. You're going to have to do some stuff at home, Mama. You know what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. You got to do, do some stuff at home. And it has to start early. You can't wait till your baby's in sixth grade. Use the report card. And you know we need to have a talk, Miss Smith, because, your mall is just not making it, and then you go into a screaming fit. No, 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 no. If he's that slow in sixth grade, something was going on in kindergarten. You were not paying attention. Come on, you weren't paying attention, and it's got to start early. One of the things that I know that happens to us, and I have a list of things that hope that 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 really affect us as a group of people. N- number one is poverty. Yes. If you come from a house a home, apartment duplex, whatever it is, where everyone is always in a survival mode. I'm sorry, reading is the last thing on your mind. Come How on. do I pay this bill? I need to go buy some food for my baby. When, someone, when I get paid Friday, I got to buy three pair of tennis shoes. When you're surviving, reading has no meaning for you. So that's part of it. Poverty is part of it. Because you're living from minute, not day to day, you're living from minute to minute. The printed word has no meaning. So that has a lot to do with the way we act and we think and how we handle literacy. That's that's, that's one part. Yes. The other part is oral language skills. We seem to speak and act and behave like the people that we're around. No matter where you go, You take a piece of your environment with you or you take all of it. Yes. If you come from a home, there are no magazines. Mm -hmm. There are no books. Mm -hmm. There's a TV. There's a TV, maybe a cell phone, maybe a tablet. That's all you know. But you need to have some literature in print in every room in your house. My grandmother had, before she got off from work, she would leave magazines for me. So all during the day, I had I had two things to look at. She had an almanac okay. and she had a Bible. So I read the almanac mm-hmm. and then I read the Bible and then I read the magazines. That was all I had. That wasn't on TV. Mm-hmm. After I did that for about a year or so, that's when I noticed, Sasha, that the layout and the format in the Bible was not like the layout and the format in the almanac and then the the format in the and the almanac was not laid out in the ladies' home journal. And I said, this is interesting. And I'm a little kid, man. I'm noticing this. This is when you when you start getting exposed to format and styles and the way things are written.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That comes early. I learned that early because that was all I had. Again, I'm going back. to That was all I had. Mm. That was all I had. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with it, too. I was exposed to it early. My father brought home to me constantly and my grandmother picked up the other piece. And then my mother was bringing books home from this Catholic hospital in Waco, Texas. So I I was getting it from three people. Okay. None of my people graduated from high school. My grandmother didn't get through grade school. My mother didn't either. My father was drafted. He came back to Waco and he earned a GED because that's what they did to all GIs after World War II if we pulled you out of high school, Thomas, when you come back to Waco, we're going to send you to a GI school and you can get a GED and you can take a course of study. So he became a tailor. That's what he learned to do. He made all my clothes until I was in fourth grade on a single sewing machine. The old pedal came. Yes. That's what he did. So. That's, that's part of it. So I'll, I'm just, I'm just naming off some things that I know that happened that put me where I was. And that's, that's how I became an avid reader. That was all I had to do. I had the radio, I had my book, I had my magazine. That was it. So I guess I became what we say an avid reader, by I guess the word is default. It's got to be default because I had no choice. I had no choice. I had no choice. I was a victim of circumstances. What can yeah. I say? <laughs> Victim of
0: circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's amazing
1: yeah. because, um,
0: well, first, first of all, I wanted to say uh, a few things. Number one, the first part when you mentioned about coming from the segregated South and how yeah. you talked about where it was a must for you all being, growing up being African American, Black, person of color, and you grew up understanding with the mindset of, oh no, you're gonna learn about your people. You know, no, you're oh yeah. Read. Oh yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so right there says a lot because quite frankly, and again, y'all, this is real reading talk. This is episode six. I'm your host, Miss Sasha, and this is the awesome, wonderful Dr. Linda Mubarak. And um, and again, like I said, uh, some of the things that I've heard, and I agree, this is how I feel as well, real, real talk, is that when integration was implemented, that actually took away a lot of things in the black community that we valued, that was very important, being education being. Yes, it an and you yes, just did. confirmed it. You just said it, you know, by saying, "Hey, you know yes." you because i've heard of that high school that paul uh that paul lawrence dunbar high school right Yes, yes, yes and you know and the thing is is that you know people have to understand just because you are teaching your children about loving themselves and Mm -hmm. their own history Mm -hmm. does not mean Mm -hmm. that you're teaching them to hate other people you know right in fact what you're doing is when you are teaching them to love themselves and understanding your history, then it helps you to have empathy for others. It helps you to develop connections with others. It helps you to see like, okay, wow, this is going on in my history. And when you learn about others, then you see the parallels, you see the differences and you learn Mm -hmm. to appreciate Mm -hmm. others. You know, so right there, Mm -hmm. you know, that says a lot, you know, so that, 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 that really stood out. And then the aspect of like how you said, you know, you could say that you were a victim of circumstances. You became an avid reader, you know, by default because of the fact that mm-hmm. that's all y'all had. You had print. That's where we right. had. literacy around you. Not until you were that's nine right. old, then that's when the television got introduced into your homes, right. you know? Right. So right there, you know, that, those two things stood out. And again, then another aspect um, that you talked about is um, the educational system. And how we have to understand, again, real talk. We have to have we have to understand mm-hmm. black folks is That's that right. the educational system was
1: not designed for us. No. An for no. People. And if you're looking for it, if you're looking for it to solve your problems, you're looking up, you're, you're looking at the wrong thing. What yeah. you do is you implement your own courses of study, your own study group, your mm-hmm. own research group. It can be a team of kids, and you could do a middle school team, an adult team, a senior citizens team. You can do, you can study your own language, your own situations, your own history, and then when you walk back into a system, you don't feel so lost. One of the things that happens to us, that has happened to us as a people, and we have become so violent even with with each other, we don't know who we are. Hmm. Some of us were never taught. I had to know who Paul Lawrence Dunbar was. I had to know about James Weldon Johnson. I had to know about Langston Hughes. I had to know about all of these people in third grade.
0: Wow.
1: I had to know about the opera Aida in third grade. I had recognized the theme song from Carmen. This is European stuff. Mm -hmm. But I learned it in an African-American school, and I had to be ready for it. Wow. A lot of times, our kids are better served, and this is not being racist. Are better served because I didn't go to an HBCU. I went to a I went to Texas Christian University mm-hmm. on my GI Bill. Let me back up and say that first. Okay. A lot of our kids are better served if they go to an HBCU. When you leave, when you walk in, mm-hmm. they rem they let you know who you are, and when you leave, you know who you are. Wow. The reason some of us not, not now 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 things that the political climate is so crazy I can't even talk about that right now.
0: <laughs>
1: a lot of times when you don't know who you are, your first wake up call is going to be on a job. Yeah. If you're lost, if you're confused, and you think you have landed, I have arrived. No, you haven't. Hmm. You have not arrived, and I know I'm getting off subject here. You have not arrived but it also goes back to literacy and learning and knowing who you are early. You got to you have to know early. The uh another one that I talked about too I'm going to mention is home literacy practices and I've been looking on your website. Okay. You pushed for the 30 minute reading thing and that to me that is fair. Mm-hmm. That can be as good as it gets, but you have got the parents have got to start somewhere. Turn off the TV mama. Right. Put the cell phone down. Right. I don't care what I don't care what Kim Kardashian is doing. I don't care about the latest release from Jay Z and Beyonce. Leave those people where they are. Those people entertain you to take your mind off your problems for a few minutes. Mm. Your babies have got to learn how to read. They need to learn how to focus. They need to learn how to concentrate. So, my number four is mm-hmm. home literacy practices. You got to practice it at home. I love your idea of thirty minutes. Are you asking for thirty minutes each day? Is that what you're asking for? Right. That's right. Fair. That's right. It's That's fair. Right. That's right. If That's you start doing it every day, I saw one. I saw one parent who told who told me that. I talked to her. She said, Linda, I do an hour every day. She said, why make them shut down everything? I said, an hour? She said, an hour. They mm. have to find a book. If they can't find one, I'll find one for them. She said, now my kids look forward to it because it settles them down after a busy day at school. In other words, she said, we don't answer the phone. Mm. We don't turn on the TV. Mm-hmm. No tablet. No tablet. Nothing. She said, pick up a book and read. She said to me it's like a sedative now. That and she said, and they cannot say a word. Do not talk to me. Do not talk to anybody. Talk to your book.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: Wow. To me, 30 minutes or an hour is not is not too much. It's That's not right. too much.
0: That's right. That's another right. thing, mm-hmm. another
1: thing that has held us back
0: mm-hmm.
1: is Standardized test bias. Yes. If the system was not de- designed for you, Sasha, the standardized testing was not de- was not created for you either.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot
1: of times, your kids are being cr- are being tested on things they haven't been exposed to. Hmm. In other words, how can you? How can I tell you to get in the car and drive if you've never seen you've never seen a car before?
0: That's right.
1: So you have to start as a parent, as a caretaker, as a custodian, whatever your role is, guardian, you have to start early at home. First grade is too late. You've got to start when the baby is born and the baby is home. That no, it's not. Mm-hmm. When that baby is in the cradle in your arms, start reading to that baby. Start singing. Lullabies. Doctors are telling us now, as soon as the baby arrives home, when you get a quiet time with that baby and everybody's gone, it's just you and the baby read to your child. You mm-hmm. said, Linda, that's not. No, it's not. No, it is not. It's got to be pre-K, mama. Not K, pre-K. Yep. That means before your child becomes a toddler, he needs or she needs to hear you reading to them. That's right. Don't wait until K. Don't wait until first grade. It's too late. You got to start with pre-K.
0: That's right. Oh, my. goodness! Mm-hmm. I mean, you mm-hmm. are like, mm-hmm. again, you're, you're dropping nuggets. And I just want to remind folks that um, when you all are listening to Real Reading Talk, please have your notebooks, your pen, your pencil, crayons, whatever it is that you prefer to write with. Because when I have guests on here, these guests drop nuggets. These guests are dropping knowledge for real and you all need to fill your buckets up with this knowledge. So please make sure that you guys go grab your notebooks, go grab something to write with so you all can have this because all of these different things that Dr. Mubarak is talking about, these are the things that work. These are the things that where you will see results, where you will see the reading habits in yourselves as well as your children change and again i'm gonna tell you i don't know um i know i i uh talked about this before um in my other podcast and i talk about this to the kids when i'm going to different reading events and i tell them a little bit about my story and i say hey look y'all i didn't grow up reading in fact i grew up in direct opposite of your household dr mubarak (laughs) i grew up watching tv okay i did not grow okay Reader, at all. Okay. The matter of fact, I mm-hmm. was called the walking TV guide. For those of you who know about the TV guide, that was when the show. Oh yeah. Was in the booklet, I know you know Dr. McBar for these. but oh, yeah. And yeah. like what the TV guide? <laughs> like yes, he was mm-hmm. you know the paper mm-hmm. TV guide. I know now. I think they got it like on cable. You can see it, you know, on the cable, whatever. But right. The, walk- right. the I was called the walking TV guide, so I could tell you what came on channel three, channel five, channel eight, channel whatever channel that was on, I could tell you what show and what time that it came on. Mm-hmm. You know, and what mm-hmm. day.
1: So right there, honestly, I guess that's literacy, right? <laughs> but you know what I like about that? You know what I like about that? You had to read it. I had to read yeah. it. When we finally got the TV and the TV guys, you had to read. You could not figure out what was going on by clicking right, For on sure. your cell phone or your left. You had to read and then you had to find the channel. You had to read when it was coming on. What time, the name of the characters, and what the show was about. If you say anything now to kids, like you said, about a TV guy, like, what is that? Right. Is it on the screen? Uh, No. Is it on the screen? (laughs) They don't have to really look for anything. Just click and Uh. it pops up. We had to turn pages and find it and read it. And read it. Mm. Wow. So so the time, I still think the time that you were born in also has a direct effect on how you came up reading. A lot of kids that I that I grew up with didn't read they didn't read as much as I did I didn't know I was doing anything different when I had two or three hundred books in my uh, room at, at nine years old. I guess in my brain I thought everybody did but they didn't
0: mm-hmm.
1: It also has to do with different family practices too What goes on in one home May not be going on in another home, and it's not a lot of times that people don't care. They don't know. You know what they say: a lack of knowledge. Yes. You're not being belligerent. You're not being arrogant. You just, you just don't know. You just don't know.
0: Mm. Mm. One
1: thing I would like to suggest to help parents out.
0: Yes.
1: And the kids, once a week, first of all, everybody in your house that's walking and talking should have a library card. Everybody. Yes. Young and old. Yes. You need to take your kids to the library once a week. That should be part of their, unless they have other school activities on the weekend,
0: right. that
1: should be part of their Saturday Saturday schedule. Don't yes. just go in there, Mama, and check the books out. Go in there and stay a while.
0: Right. They've got
1: programs for kids. They've got kids. They have activities for adults. Mm-hmm. They've got GED programs. They have reading enrichment programs. Yes. Go to the library once a week. Mm-hmm. Take the kids. Get them used to like, okay, where are we going? To? Well, you know what we're going? You got to go to, like, yeah, we're going to the library. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You go and get them, and get them used. You, they've got to get used to going in a place where reading is done and it's important. The whole building is filled with books. If you start taking them every week, they will get hooked on it, but they won't know it unless you take them. Right. And don't wait until third or fourth grade or with pre-k or with kindergarten. Mm-hmm. They got little kindergarten programs for them on Saturday. Right. Um, one thing you said, shut Up, I saw on another, hold on just a second. Yes. I saw on another booklet I had where, okay, you're suggesting 30 minutes day. Mm-hmm. I like that. I want to add something to that. Yes. Experts are telling us now that if you want your child to be an avid reader, mm-hmm. you need to read them several stories per day. They don't have to be long stories. Don't wow. read one story to them. Read several. You could read two or three stories for, to a, a young kid in 30 minutes' time. You can do it. Wow. Let them sit and listen to your voice and put some action into the words about the story. Yes. After you read the story to them, ask the child some questions. Like, what do you think about that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think Jimmy's going to do next? How would you feel if you were Jimmy? If someone took your dog like that, if your dog disappeared, what would you do next? Get, the little, get that little brain fluid going. Right. But you need to read several stories per day to them and ask questions. Another way to get them involved is let them act out the story. As you read it, if there's a friend or two there and they're, and you're sitting and you're reading your kid and maybe two or three other kids, let them act out the story. Get them involved in it. That's another way. That's another, that's another way uh, to keep it going. You need to, if you got a young, young, young kid, and mm-hmm. maybe even one in first, second, or third grade, you need to have a supply of. Different types of books: alphabet books, okay. song books, rhyming books, lullabies,
0: okay.
1: cloth books, and above all, picture books. Okay. Kids, we live. We live. You know this Instagram. We live in a very graphic nation. I can get more hits sometimes on Instagram than I can on Facebook because what do you see? You see a picture. We are a very graphic society. Mm-hmm. We love photographs. Yeah. Your kid, your kids can learn to read if you have alphabet books, and they need to learn early. And I tell any any parent, please, if you can afford it, and all of it is not all of it is not expensive. It's online if you need to use an e-book. Your child needs to be on a phonics program as soon as your child steps out of the womb. I don't care what the experts say. Okay. We all learn to read by phonics. Every letter has a sound. Thank you. The sounds come together to form a word. Yeah. The words go together to make a sentence. The sentences turn turn into paragraphs. You've got to get on phonics, mama. You gotta do it. Yes. If your baby cannot master phonics, your baby is going to get farther and farther behind in reading. Mm-hmm. Something else that happens to our people, and I'm going to say this, I may step on some toes. Real reading talk. Say it. <laughs> somebody, somebody upset somebody. So you pull them out of school. I'm going to homeschool them. I said, okay, here we go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I told a parent the other day, I said, homeschooling is a full time job. Yes, it is. I, I said, now you call me about this. I'm going to tell you the truth. If I step on your toes, you shouldn't have called me. Number one, you need a curriculum. It needs to be a homeschool curriculum. They sell them online all day long. I said, they've got one here at Texas Tech online. Mm-hmm. University of Texas has one online, K-12. through Every yeah. state I know has a homeschool program online. I said, if you don't want to purchase one of those or enroll, then you need to send your child to a private school or a private school group. Okay. If you don't want to do that, you need to put your child back in public school. Mm. He says, well, Linda, you know, uh, he's having trouble reading. I said, he's having tr- trouble reading. I said, how much time are you spending with him? I mm. said, are you employed? Mm. Oh, Linda, I-, I work with him when I come home in the evening. I said, mm. in the evening after work? I said, how long is it, two hours a day? I said, honey, please, two hours a day, and you got a six-year-old, you're trying to homeschool. I said, what is your husband what works at night? Mm. And so he works with him a little bit during the day. I said, but your husband has to sleep, doesn't he? She said, yeah, Linda, he's asleep. I said, let me tell you what you're doing. Mm. You're shooting yourself in the foot to prove something to public school. I said, but your son is suffering. Wow. Most people that I know, if you don't know what you're doing when it comes to homeschooling, mm-hmm. so I said, let me tell you what they do. Mm-hmm. They play around with the kid for about an hour or two. You know where they all end up in the mall? All of them, the mamas and the kids. Huh. It's too much. If you're, not, if you're not focused, if you don't have a curriculum, if you don't have a schedule, if you are not organized, mm-hmm. you need to leave it alone. Mm-hmm. I've seen them pull them out of public school and then take them right back. I said, why did you pull them out in the first place? Well, somebody made me mad. I said, well, you know what? Welcome to America. Somebody's going to always make you mad (laughs) unless you can do better than the system. You don't want to put them in a private system. I can't afford that. Mm -hmm. I said, so he's just sitting at home every day. Now you and I know what this kid is doing. He's on, what is he doing? He's on the tablet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's watching TV Mm-hmm. he's playing with handheld games till mama gets off from work because daddy's in the bedroom sleeping because daddy has to go to work at night and make a living
0: mm.
1: i haven't heard from her later I, uh, lately i gave her those three options i said homeschool curriculum purchase it online
0: right
1: put them in a private school
0: right
1: or put him back in public school she got real quiet on me Sasha. i have not heard from her i'm wondering why this kid is going on I said, right now, you don't have a crisis, but if you don't do something with this kid's reading problem,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: have added to the problem, little mama. You have added to the problem. Mm. Don't get so mad that you snatch people out of something to prove that you can do it better within your mind. You know you cannot do it better. Wow. If you can't do it better, go purchase a curriculum, or put them with a group, a private group in your community, of someone who's doing a home study, type situation with the group well I can't afford that I said I'm gonna back off this I said you and your husband need I said you and your husband need to make some decisions and you have to pull out of it Mm -hmm. because if you say too much Sasha someone's gonna be upset with you for telling them what they need to hear
0: (laughs) well what you're saying is again like I said this is real reading talk you know and that's what happens Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because real talk steps on people's toes You know, real talk brings out real solutions. You know, we can all day long long see that elephant in the room and then we could talk about what's behind the elephant, what's in front of the elephant, Mm -hmm. what's beside it, you know, what's under it. But we still will not talk about why is this elephant
1: in the room? That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, Sasha, has to do with just you need to start early or you should have started earlier.
0: Mm, mm. you
1: don't wait until the kid has a problem in a private school or a public school then you blow up snatch them out and take them home and then what you going to do mm-hmm. what are you going to do then mm. you're going to buy a couple of books that you saw on sale mm-hmm. at some bookstore or in the wet walmart and i'm going to teach you myself no you're not no you're not you're not going to teach yourself. Mm. no you're not after two hours on a Friday, if you don't work, y'all are going to the mall. I know what they do. I've seen them do it, Sasha.
0: Mm-hmm. They burn out. Mm-hmm.
1: Your child is supposed to have the four course subjects. If they're in middle school and you smash them out, they need to have a lab. You need lab equipment. You need to be taking them to the museum. You need to be doing everything that you pull them away from. If you're ill-equipped to do that, then you leave the little boogers where they are. Leave them alone. You haven't proven anything. You made a big grand play, probably, to some of your girlfriends, you know. And I've seen that happen a lot to some of our folks. They Mm -hmm. sit and they get each other whacked out and worked up. Mm -hmm. What you going to do? I'm going to do this. I'm going to. Don't listen to all that. Do not listen to all that. You do what's best for your baby, for your child. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Because you haven't proven anything. Your child is getting further and further behind, and that's not fair. When your child leaves you, that child still has to go out in the world and make a living. Mm-hmm. If you, you sometimes you can cripple them by by trying to pull them away from things. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: don't we don't live in a perfect world. They're gonna have some problems. Right. Out of the other folks and our folks too, they have to learn how to deal with the problems, take the lick, and keep going,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and keep going. I'm going to see if this person is going to call me probably. I said, I'm going to give her a week or two. I'm going to see what she's going to say. But I told her, I said, you need to make some decisions. Can you imagine being six years old and your mother says you're having reading problems, but she can't work work with you until she gets off from work between five and six o'clock at night? And she says, well, you know, I get tired, Linda. I'm only working with him two hours a day. I said, baby, that's not long enough. Mm -hmm. Homeschooling is all day long. Mm-hmm. You can't play. You can't play with it. You got to teach. You have to instruct. You have to give give some kind of assessment. You got to test them. Because when they go out in the real world, they're going to be assessed. They're going to be tested, and they you they need to be able to prove that I know what I know. That's why I'm qualified for this job.
0: Yeah.
1: Another thing that happens to us mm-hmm. in our homes, our children don't see us reading enough. Ah, There we go. You need to be reading a book or a magazine if you're a christian you need to be reading your bible if you're muslim you need to be reading from something from the quran you need to be seen reading something
0: right
1: we are seeing whole groups of families now who sit in the house and everybody is on the cell phone yeah. how crazy is that
0: yeah
1: you need some printed material in every room and your. i don't care if it's nothing but a Magazine, if it's a flyer for grocery store that talks about what's on sale, you know those little sale flyers that you see. Mm-hmm. I've I used those sometimes to teach lessons, reading and math, and managing a home. Yep. You need something with print in it. I'm walking to some houses. There is nothing printed anywhere. That's a that's a sign. That's a that's a bad sign. Ooh. That's a bad sign. They need to see you reading something. When you drive down the street, read every sign. While your kid, little kid's in the car, read the billboards. Yep. Read the traffic signs. Read everything that you see. Everything that you see that has a printed word. Go back and forth with your kids. Okay, what does this say? How fast am I supposed to be going? Oh, mama, you're only going 65 miles an hour. Okay. but well, yeah. what, what does that say up there? Mm. We're on Interstate 20. We're between Dallas and Fort Worth. What's my next exit? Okay, I can get off right here on Collins and I can go over to Cowboy Stadium.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Make them read and you teach them how to read every sign that you pass. We spent they know more about the lyrics than they do about anything else on the phone. They know they know all the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. If you can memorize the lyrics, if you can memorize the lyrics from anything that Snoop Dogg is singing or anything else or anything else that Pit that Pitbull and I like Pit I like Pit bull. Anything mm-hmm. you see Pitbull singing, if you can memorize that, you can memorize words on a printed page. Yes. You can do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. The grocery store and when they're walking along with you in the aisle, read the labels, read the, the uh prices on the food.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Show them the show them um, your receipt after you pay for the food. That's mm-hmm. a teaching lesson. You know what, baby? Listen, and let me show you what Mama just spent. Mm. You sit there with that receipt, and you all go over because everything is listed. You know, the store is gonna list everything, cause right. they're gonna get their money. Right, right. Show them the names of everything that you purchased and what it cost. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. cereal boxes that you have at home. While they're eating cereal, it's, but you know what? You know they always have those cutesy things on the back. Read the cereal boxes together with your kids. Read the cereal boxes, the little ones. Yes. Everything that you read that has a word, it has a meaning for them. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That's right. There's That's- always there's always a way. And though even though I fuss about technology, you and I know we can't do it without it. If you have to go to the library, this will help you out too. Mm-hmm. Check out, take books for your kids. Take them home. Get you several mm-hmm. books on tape. Take yeah. them home. Those are good for your kids. Those are good. Yeah. Kids love those, and that's also a way of getting kids hooked on reading too. They love, they love the books on tape, the recordings. They love those.
0: That's right. That's right. And that's so funny because mm-hmm. that right there, that that's a segue into into my area, and I'm glad that you, I'm glad uh-huh. you said that. Because that was one of the reasons why I decided to start uploading videos on YouTube of me reading books to the kids. Number one. Yes, you can I catch
1: like, them. You can catch them with that. You can.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, again, we, uh, just like you mentioned, You know, as much as we may fuss about the technology and all of that, and we know just like how you said you grew up being an avid reader because mm-hmm. you have the mm-hmm. technology to compete with. That's right. So, and that was right there, right. the foundation. But now we're dealing with a whole different
1: animal. We have the internet. The world has changed. The world has changed. You know, when I wrote this book, I had been on Facebook for six years. The guy that, I know our time is right, the guy that did my uh, website, he said, Linda, are you on Facebook? I said, nope. He said, Linda, you just wrote a book. What were you thinking? I said, I wasn't thinking. He said, well, baby, let me tell you something, honey. You're going to have to go back on Facebook and open that little cat, open that bad girl back up again. Mm. I was forced to go back on Facebook, open an account that had been closed six or seven years.
0: Mm.
1: And then because when you have a book, there is no other way. We live in the age of social media, whether I like it or not. It is what it is. Yep. It could be a blessing. People read about you.
0: Mm.
1: They want to know what you're about. You're trying to get your message out and you've got to have social media. Yeah. The kids can't live without it now. They don't know what a telephone book is. Like, what is that? What is a tele- What is yeah. a telephone book? Right. It has no meaning for them. Mhm. Mhm. So e-readers are good. Your your e-books are good for the kids. The tape the tape um, tape books. Anything that tech. Anything that's technical that grabs them. I'm sorry. You got to use it. You got to use it.
0: That's right.
1: You always you always need that. But my main my main point like yours is you've got to start early. Yes. You gotta practice this stuff early. You can't wait until your baby's in trouble at school and not passing a course because of a reading level. It's too late, mama. It's too late.
0: Yep.
1: It's too late.
0: That's right. That's right. I mean you I mean Mm -hmm. you I mean you hit all I mean pretty much. Every nail on the head with all of the information that you are giving our listeners in terms of the problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution. Uh uh That's what we Uh talk about here on Real Reading Talk. And I like, and one of the the main things I hope that people walk away with is what you said, Dr. Linda, is that Uh we have Uh to understand that education is in our hands. Quit putting it in your hands people's hands. Quit sending your babies to school and saying, my
1: baby don't know how to read. Teach them how to read. Huh? What are you doing, mama? What are you doing? You're leaving, you're leaving everything on a system. The system deals with hundreds of thousands of kids. Yep. You've got to do your homework at home. You got to do your homework at home. That's right. And another thing, another thing that I didn't touch on, I'm going to have an interview next week and maybe you and I can get back together and talk about it again. Yes, is the dyslexia the hidden situation of dyslexia in our community? Yes, people. It's it is it's a it is not a disease. It's not a death sentence. It is a condition. Dyslexia is not is addressed enough in our community. Mm-hmm. It is hereditary. Most of the time, if people are having difficulty reading, most likely someone else in that family is also dyslexic. But we'll talk about that at another time. It is a condition. Mm-hmm. If you are dyslexic, you can learn to read. But dyslexia is just like being bipolar. If you're bipolar, mm-hmm. someone else is in your family. Mother, grandmother, aunt, and, and you know, great aunt, grandparent, somebody mm-hmm. else in your family was also bipolar. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's one of those hidden things, like you say, the elephant in the room. That's right. another problem in our community that needs to be addressed. Like I said, mm-hmm. I know you got to go, but. If I can just say this, I'm so glad that she had me on the show. I'm so glad that Miss Sasha had me on the show. The big thing, parents, is to what? Two words start early. Mm. Start early. Mm. Mm. Start early. And I'm glad. Don't send them to Miss Sasha when your child is in the sixth grade. By <laughs> that time, your child is struggling and her head is hurting trying to get the child caught up from six years ago, mama. Yeah, it's too, it's too late. It's too late. And the child is too stressed out by then. the hmm mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah,
0: right. And I'm glad And even when you mentioned about dyslexia, and I'll just just say something real quick to that. Uh, for those okay. of, who um, may be struggling with dyslexia, you know, uh, your child has been diagnosed with dyslexia, or if you as an, as an adult, um, have dyslexia, there's actually, um, there's a book that I've been reading that a person mm-hmm. can listen to, and it's on YouTube. My YouTube channel is ABC Read, ABC Learn, and the book is called Fish in a Tree by Linda Mulali Hunt. And that okay. whole, it is, it is an awesome book. It's about a little girl named Allie Nickerson who has dyslexia mm-hmm. and it goes through her whole mm-hmm. uh, thing to where how she, you know, her own mother, her mother didn't know she had it. She had supportive parents, which is right. great, but she had a teacher who was able to detect there was a problem because he was in tune, he was engaged, he was trying to connect with those children, and, and that's what wound up mm-hmm. found out that she has dyslexia. So just, you know, one of the, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the audience, like if you wanted to, you know, go ahead and listen to something that's enjoyable, it's okay. it also talks about dyslexia, it's called Fishing in a Tree by Linda Hunt. Hunter. Like I said, I've been reading it, so a person obviously, who may be struggling with reading, they can listen. Mm-hmm. And that's one of mm-hmm. the things that you talked about. And I love that you said that, Dr. Linda, that reading yes. also can take place by you listening to a book on audio,
1: especially... That's right. I love, I love, I love, I use those a lot, especially I, my kids hmm. loved it because it, it keeps them glued to the page yes. because that voice is helping them go through the lines. I love that. I love it. Awesome. That is all, you,
0: you've been like, I mean... Dropping nuggets, y'all. I told y'all. I hope y'all had y'all notebooks, pencils, pens, whatever it is, because Dr. Linda has given us some great, great tools that we can use to empower ourselves and our children. And again, like you said, you stress the fact our children need to see us reading, and that's why. I said with this podcast, is not just for children, this is for adults, this is a family podcast. This is for those of you who are out there trying to figure out how can I get my child to want to read. They keep, uh, uh-huh. doing, they're, they're not doing good in reading, they have, I get calls all the time about how they act silly when it's time to read, they're not doing well good. on the reading test, you know, the reading scores are low, all of that. And really for real, for real, a lot of it is in direct relation with those adults who are not reading in front of their children either. You can't tell your kid, go sit down and read. Go get a book, and then you go and pick up your phone or your tablet. That's and you right. Computer. That's watch right. silly little videos. Even if you are That's on right. your phone or tablet, you know what I'm saying. If hopefully you're reading something, maybe an article or something, and say, hey, guess what? I just shared mm-hmm, this mm-hmm, with you. This mm-hmm. is the trip, You know, or right. bad, or you know, I want you to listen to this. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, there's so so many
1: ways too bright. If you just change, Sasha, if you could just change one habit, one family habit, every day or once a week, yes. everything. But the parents have to make the change. You yes. have to make the change, mom and dad. It, it's on you. It's on your child. It's your child's reading and yes. literacy and learning about themselves. It's on you. It's not, forget about the system. It's on Man. you. Yes. It's on you.
0: Oh my gosh. I mean, just amazing. I mean, you are just saying some amazing Things that really, for real, for real, I, I, I just again, real reading talk, keeping it real. Um, this is not rocket science. All of these different things that Dr. Linda has spoken about, it's not like you had to go and get some type of big technical degree
1: to figure this mm-mm, out. Mm-mm, like mm-mm. you said. This you know, is old. This is hard, sis. This. this is old. This is old, folks, This. You is. need to do some simple stuff at home. It's right. a simple thing. And it will, it will happen. But if you don't do it, it's not going to ever happen. Mm. You got to do it. Mm, 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 mm. And it do
0: not matter our economic status. And that's because I'm glad no, you, no. that does not matter. It doesn't matter no. where our economic status. It doesn't matter where we live. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter our background, any
1: of that. We can empower ourselves. No.
0: Douglas said once you learn to read, you will be forever free.
1: That's right. And a library card is free. I'm sorry, you don't buy a library cards. They're free. Thank you. They're free. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Oh,
0: my goodness. Well, I definitely, oh, Dr. Linda, I want to thank you so much. And before we end, you please, you have okay. to, um, number one, I want you to tell everybody about the books that you authored. And um, I want you to also please tell people where they can purchase these books. And also, are, the, are your books are they in in the uh, local libraries uh, where you are, or no? My my book, my books
1: are my books are online at Amazon, oh, okay. and they're at Barnes and Noble. Okay, I'm going to be Sasha. I'm going to send you a set of my books to your to your situation. Oh, I'm wow. going to send you a copy of Maxine's New Job, uh, Shorty and the Sullivan, Carver Park, and the One Call Station. That's for older. That's what teens and young adults or adults that may be going through a you know a change in life. Oh. you know a transition in life i'm going to get you when we get off the phone i want you to send me your physical address i'm going to ship you out a set of books next week oh that's, that's huh. for you for your personal use for your kids or for you for you
0: that is awesome mm-hmm. we appreciate that right and, well, you know those books are going to be mm-hmm. being read aloud you know how mm-hmm. I, <laughs> right so people going to that's s- right want to hear mm-hmm. books. That you have written because we want right. to buy these books so they can have for their own personal libraries. This, okay. is, this is how we support each other, y'all. I hope y'all are okay.
1: paying you know, Right. I'm days. on Facebook. You can click on me on Facebook at Stations for Kids. Just type in Stations for Kids on Facebook and my fan page will pop up. Okay. If you want to read about me online, it's com, and that's Linda with the Y. Yes. L Y N D A. Uh-huh. M U B A R A K dot com. Uh-huh. Linda Mubarak dot com. Wow. I just type it Stations for Kids on Facebook. And wow. I'm on Instagram at LJ Mubarak, Stations for Kids. LJ Mubarak. So I push literacy. I tell everybody no matter what you do, I'm sorry if you cannot read, you're going to have some struggles in life. Mm. Reading is your kid's gateway to academic success. If you can't read in the world we live in now, mm. it is going, you are going to be disruptive. You're going to be upset and you will never go as far as you can go. You must learn how to read. Yes.
0: Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm going to tell everybody again, the names of your books too. So they, cause we want people to purchase okay. your books. Stations, okay. Stations for Kids, y'all. So that's S-T-A-T-I-O-N-S. Stations for Kids. The other book, Shorty and the Sullivans. I love that. I just love that book title. Shorty <laughs> and the Sullivans. I love it. And then her other book is Carver Park. And that's
1: about my growing up in segregated Waco, Texas. Yeah. Mm,
0: that's, that's awesome. Oh, I cannot wait to read that. And the last book is Maxine's New Job. And I was reading about that. And I saw that what that book is about, about little Maxine helping mm-hmm. help her neighbor
1: who, you know, does mm-hmm. not know how to read. I said... She couldn't figure out what was wrong. She said, what's wrong? She tells another, what's wrong? This this woman is weird. She said, Maxine, please, you asked too many questions. She okay. found out Mrs. Sullivan could not, the woman could not read. Oh, she cried. God. She said, I'm sorry, I didn't know. She said, I was so embarrassed. Mm. And and she, it takes off from there. Yeah, she's free. She we wow. had wow. hidden it for years.
0: Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it. And then just the, the approach, just like how you said how you know, you are into community service. I mean, that right there, that book encapsulates. Yeah. I mean, and just yeah. in, in order for you to be in community service and about developing empathy and human compassion, you have to be connected mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. people. You have to care about them. You have to ask questions. That's right. to see, Like, are you okay? Like, really, are you okay? Uh uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? And I
1: tell people, no matter what you see about people, I know mm-hmm. we got to go, no matter what you see in a person, how they, mm-hmm. you got to remember everybody, Sasha, everybody has a backstory. Mm. Well, you know, so and so is no good, and they can't read, and they cut up. The, there's a backstory. There's something that happens that got that got them to that point. Everybody has a backstory. Yes, ma'am. Everybody.
0: Mm hmm. Yes, ma'am. Well, I love it. I love it. I appreciate. It. I mean, I I just love. Okay. Be- the wisdom, you know. From, well, you and
1: I, you and I will be getting together, maybe writing some articles or getting back together and on the show, and we'll we'll, yes. we'll get some things. We're gonna get some literacy things going on. I we'll love get, it. If we just do a newsletter, if we just do a newsletter, anything to get the word out to let people know how important it is to be literate because we're living in the twenty first century. Yes. And I'll tell everybody, welcome to America, baby. It's tough out here now. It's tough. Yes, it is. It's tough. Yes it is. And they take no prisoner. They take no prisoner. I know that's right. And I love mm-hmm. you
0: know, talking to people like you who are about empowerment because that's what helps me keep going. I can't I can't do that little ratchet and stuff. You know, I that's what I try to remember. And I understand like I'm not my, my older kids. I you know, they're like, Oh Mommy, you know, check this song or that I'm like, look, y'all I said I'm gonna tell y'all. I said, I know I I can't be with y'all twenty four seven, you know, and you have to mm-mm, learn mm-mm. how to do stuff on your own. I said, but I'm That's right. That's you, right. As they say, garbage in, garbage out, you know, and so you have what you have to do is make sure that you try your best as much as you can. I know everybody had a downtime. I ain't trying to crample proof You know, I like to relax too, you know what I'm saying? But still, at like mm-hmm. the end of the day, we want to have more of the healthy stuff. You know what I'm saying? We they don't want to a bunch of ratchet. So ratchet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll be a little bit healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, no, okay, can't do that. Mm-mm. Well, that's awesome. Well, I, again, I appreciate you being a guest on Real Reading Talk, and I want to tell everybody again, thank you all for listening. This was episode six of Real Reading Talk. I am your host, Ms. Sasha, and I appreciate big time so much. I am so humbled and so and so um inspired by the words of Dr. Linda Mubarak, and I thank you again for being a guest. And yes, in the future, I would love for us to be able to talk again
1: about literacy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it. I are, appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: You are okay. very welcome. You are very welcome. Will you take care and you have an awesome rest of your evening.
1: Okay, you too. We're down here in Texas. It is a hundred and ten. <laughs> so okay. thank you for having me. Oh yes. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> thank bye-bye. you. Thank you. We'll get together later. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Bye bye.